Hi, this is Renee Fleming, and you're listening to the CVH Podcast. Yes. It is a beautiful day. Good morning. It's Friday, September 9th. Today's the, um, the day of the show, y'all. We're opening the show. It's hard to tell, but we're opening the show. We're opening the season, in fact. Today is the opening performance of the 2022-23 season here at the Lyric Opera of Chicago. And uh, it's hard to tell that. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to have a show. It's time. We've been doing it. You know, Aaron is one of these things that um, it's a clunky story. It's clunky. <laughs> it's hard to relate to this story. You can't modernize it um, for lots of reasons. And then, um, you know, trying to trying to tell this story, you know, uh, the action happens so quick and you're just like, wait, what? I think there's a little bit of that, a little bit of confusion. What it is, however, uh, is an incredible example of of fantastic Verdi singing. This is, there are some incredibly explosive firework moments vocally. And I think it's old school. This is old school grand opera. Huge. There's a bunch of people on stage. Lots of, there's a chorus and the sub-chorus and then uh, a whole mess of uh, supers and actors. A ton of people on stage. Huge scenes. It has a, it's not quite Aida, but it has that kind of, pageant feel to it at times and, and pageant is the wrong word that makes it seem like we didn't we didn't stage it very interestingly I think we have um, but it but it does have these grand stop and sing the beautiful music moments which um, which is what I fell in love with this is the stuff that makes my hair stand up on the back of my neck and um, uh, whatever is whatever is uh, anyone's fear not maybe fear is the wrong word but um, there uh, there seems to be a hesitation uh, because Ernani is a lesser-known Verdi opera. I have to tell you, vocally, this is as great as any Verdi opera. And this cast is four singers on the cusp of their of their golden years, um, where it really gets good. Gold, golden's wrong, too. This is like the prime years. We're at the cusp of the prime years. We're all in our young 40s, and the roles make perfect sense for, for the four of us. Um, uh, I don't say that... I don't say that um, uh, haphazardly. You know, the, the, it's it's the truth. It's the absolute truth of it. Uh, plenty of times, especially when I was starting, you could you could see a cast or hear a cast, and there would be one or two in the cast that were um, either past it or it was too soon. Um, it's 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 the nature of it. You know, people uh, back then were 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 agreeing to things years and years in advance, and you you didn't know if it was going to be right or if it was not no longer going to be right and so you know there was that gamble this however is uh perfect singers at the perfect time and um this is grand opera the way it's meant to be and i think it's grand opera the way chicago was very very used to uh when when the lyric opera of chicago was at its most successful and i mean most successful in that people were scalping tickets outside and there was a red carpet and it was an event um that's not the way it is anymore but when it was that way this is what was on the stage. This type of show is what was on the stage. And um, it's my full intention tonight, and I know at least 
a couple of members of the cast that that plan on giving people uh, the show of a lifetime. And um, I, I, again, I don't say that lightly. I don't. I don't believe that I'm in the greatest show every time I'm in a show. Plenty of people think, "Oh, it's so wonderful to work with this director and this maestro and this house." You know, it's all great, 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 great. I don't. You know, I don't talk like that. Uh, I'll tell you the truth, and what I will tell you for this, um, it's great. We're putting on a, a Verdi masterclass, and it's so. This, this is something our maestro said. Uh, Enrique Mazzola, who's the music director here, he said, this is the purest version of Ernani he, he can imagine. Uh, because we're young and fresh and can do, nobody has come to this with preconceived ideas about how it should go. And in plenty of times in Verity where somebody needs some space uh, to come up with the vocal line or need an extra beat or need, need, some, need some rubato where it isn't written, we're not doing that. We're, we're giving this full throttle. Um, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to not tacit. What's tacit? Tacit's when you take a break <laughs> toward the end of a big uh, aria where things are going he- hot and heavy and the chorus is going. Uh, a soloist may check out for a measure or two close to the end so that they can tank up for the big note at the end. We're not doing that. We're not taking the break and then just popping out the high note. We are singing full-throated right to the end, and I think it's damn exciting. Uh um, this show, I think when the review hits, uh, we're going to, we're going to see a humongous increase in ticket sales, uh, because, because tonight I don't think we're going to have the audience we want. And that's just the truth. Um, you know, it's not that I have too much insider information, but, um, uh, you know, there are productions where there are no tickets, no comp tickets offered, and there are productions that lots of comp tickets are offered, and, and uh, this falls in the ladder. And I don't, I, I, for the life of me, I'm not sure why. Somebody smarter than me can figure it out. I'm sure I have opinions that wouldn't be popular, um, but um, um, it's it's um, it's a it's a funny time we live in. Um, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's weird to sell thirteen. <clears throat> excuse me, 13 performances of Don Giovanni in Paris inside of 30 days. 13 sold-out shows in 30 days, 32 days. Uh, that's what this can be. That's what this can be. And that <laughs> that production was... was um, was very plain Jane, you know. It was not. We weren't wearing magical costumes. It wasn't a set that you're gonna <laughs> that you're gonna go home talking about. It was a very modern, simple production of Don Giovanni, and the ticket scalpers were out, dying to get in, begging to get in. Uh, that's what this can be. I, you know, American audiences have changed. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that the audience has changed, and there's a lot of things to entertain people. A lot of people want to stay home. Just even coming out is a big deal. Uh, this is a tight three hours. This is not some long, long opera night. From beginning to end is three hours, and there's two 20-minute breaks. Uh, this, is not, um, this is not endless. Every turn in this piece is exciting. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to have an audience tonight. Damn it. <laughs> oh, I, I was having this conversation with a friend. And, um, you know, we're just, we're in our mid forties now and, and we've been doing this for almost 20 years and some of us have been doing it 20, 25 years and, you know, just the guys in my group and, and, um, the men and women in my group, not guys, men and women, all inclusive here. (laughs) 
but the people that that have that I have seen for a long time now, we we have sensed a change, and then, and we were lamenting that that the times were changing and that that wasn't good. And it's not to say that we're not. We understand that adaption needs to happen. We need to bring new life to these things. We need we need to make sure that we're inviting all audiences to come to this. Um, uh, but there there has been a shift in the focus uh, of of opera in general. And I think I'm just speaking about um, opera in America in general. And I'll leave I'll leave the Met out of this because I that's an anomaly. That's a that's a it's in New York, but I, I wouldn't call it an American opera house. It's a it's a world it's a global opera house. But opera in America has seen a shift. Um, and um, you know I'm not I'm not always certain the 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 focus of it is not clear to me. And when I was young, it was very clear. And and so to to see the shift and to talk amongst ourselves, we see a change, and it's not something that we see as positive. I guess it's something that's inevitable, but I guess for the people that have been doing this for a while, we don't necessarily see it as positive. And I'm sure there's young people out there that would just tell me to shut the hell up and get out of the way. Uh, that's very very possible. Um, uh, but I, you know, I've earned my spot here, and I intend to stay and keep it as long as I can. Uh, and and my opinion will come with it, <laughs> at least if you're listening here. <laughs> And you like to listen, and I appreciate it. And I and I know that I haven't been here as consistently as I have been in the past. Uh, and 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 I think some of that is due to what we're uh, sort of sort of contemplating and dealing with here, and watching the 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 adapting uh, part. And um, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm two parts, uh, you know, real and authentic, and I'm one part self preservation. So. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think that I, I don't think that I have uh, uh, crazy opinions. I just think, you know, it's not necessarily. Um, I'm slower to move, and maybe that's what happens to old people. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the the generations that went before us all thought this. Well, it's not what it used to be. Probably they all did, and this is just our turn, right? Right. It's just normal, normal progress in life, and and for those of us who like the way it was, we're we're stuck. <laughs> I don't know. I I just I like the full house. That's what I like. I like the full opera house. I like to see people in that last row. I like to see the stage door flooded with people who want to say hello and 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 congratulate. And I I like when when the reviews come out and we're scrambling to get them. I like that. Uh, it's a little different now. It's a little different. It's it's um yeah. I don't know. I could be just getting old. <laughs> A friend of mine said that I'm an ageist. Um, that I said, well, I don't trust anybody under 30, <laughs> which I don't. And then, um, <laughs> or at least I don't, I don't trust myself to speak to anyone under 30. <laughs> um, um, but, but yeah, I, I'm an ageist in that I, I'm, I think that I talk about my own age quite a bit. I never thought I would be 44. You don't see that. Like I remember my father at 44. How the hell am I 44? That doesn't make sense at all. You know, my my dad's turning seventy eight at the end of this month. You go, what? Seventy eight? That's an old man. My dad's not an old man. If he's an old man, then I'm an old man. Damn it! Just hits you. You're like, ah. Oh. You know, I had to go to a funeral two weeks ago, and so you're you're that's still fresh with me. You're just like watching the next group become old, and so that means you're almost on deck. <laughs> I'm really not trying to be a bummer. I'm excited to sing tonight, and I have uh, you know lots of friends come to the show, and I, I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be uh, 
a worthwhile throwback to what opera, um, what got me excited about opera in the old days. And I'm talking about some of the most beautiful costumes I've ever worn, hands down. The designer, Scott, on our show, uh, has put us in costumes that I said to him, when we were having the costume fitting, I said to him, I don't even have to work. I think I could work 20% less. This costume is going to do that much of the work for me, which I think he appreciated, but it was the truth. You go, you step out like this, you already have everybody's attention. And then you sing this beautiful music. Um, we, we have been set up for success here, and I, and I think this show is going to be a throwback to the golden era of opera. Now, the golden era of opera can be, lots of people have different opinions of what time that was, but uh, I'm going to say the golden era of opera is when you couldn't get a ticket if your life depended on it, and you needed to scalp, or you needed to get rush tickets, those, those people that used to line up in New York to get those rush tickets, those last minute, you know, we'll take any seat, whatever's available, you know, that kind of, that kind of thought. And I remember even a couple of years ago, people were still standing outside the Met asking for tickets. And uh, I remember a time where that happened here. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I have sung in this house to, to the rafter, you know, people to the rafters. I have sung in this opera house many times where, you couldn't, where I couldn't even get a ticket for my, for my wife to see the show. There, there were times where that was, they were like, well, we can't get you your comp ticket for opening night. Sorry. Like it was just, the demand was just too high. And I think we're going to have a throwback to that time tonight. We're putting on that kind of show, the kind of show that people can't wait to get into. That's what's happening tonight in Chicago. Uh, I do like my podcast. I like that you listen. I like that people are here. Um, uh, it's not that I've run out of things to say. I really haven't. But um, uh, uh, it's not that even my priorities have changed. But I have not felt uh, the inspiration to get on here. I don't want to be negative. Um, I don't want to be negative. I don't like to hear myself talk that way. Uh, I, 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 um, I, I stay away from social issues, those kind of things. I'm, I'm an entertainer and my opinions are my own. And, um, uh, you know, I like to talk about the ins and outs of this business. Somebody said recently that my podcast deglamorized opera. Now, at first that sounds like an insult. And then I thought, no, no, that's good. We should, we should show the reality of it. Um, the, the reality of sacrifice to do this. And um, I was having a, a talk with someone recently, and we were talking about um, uh, school debt, you know, because in the news they're talking about, you know, erasing school debt. And I, I, I don't know any part of it. it. It's not interesting to me, but it seems to, it seems to be a hot button for a bunch of people. But I thought about my own school debt when I left uh, college. And um, I, had, I had less than $40,000 in loans after seven years of college, which which 20 years ago was, it seemed like a lot of money. I mean, $40,000 is a lot of money no matter what year you're in really. But, um, you know, at the time when you're not, you have almost no work coming up, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine uh, paying something like that off. And I think, I think it took me about seven years before I zeroed that out, you know, and then I started working a lot and I could focus on, on paying that debt down. But, you know, I, I talk to singers now that have got hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, hundreds and no work prospects, and this is a this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare to me. Uh, strapping strapping people with this debt with zero promise of making a dollar in this business. There's you know this this is this is the this is the risk of all risks. It's it's no different than 
going off to Hollywood and being an actor, but so many people who go off to Hollywood to be actors don't start with $300,000 in school debt. And if you want any chance to be a classical singer, you, you have to go through a long training period and you need to do that at a place and those places are often schools. You know, you could just you could just take that money and spend it on a private teacher, but you're not getting stage time. You're not getting recitals. You're not getting the coachings. You're not getting the the atmosphere of constantly being in this business. Um, and so those things exist, and and you hope to go from a college to a to a young artist program where you'll be a paid enough to survive. You're not gonna you're not gonna save any money, but you, it's enough to survive, and hopefully bridge that into a career. But if I was staring at two or three hundred thousand dollars in debt now, trying to break into this business, it's it's a scary proposition, real scary. And I don't honestly, I don't know that I would have gone into that kind of debt. I think I might have just found something else to do. And I and I wonder if the best talent we have coming up might have already been bumped off, you know. And and you know, I've always said this career only happens if it has to happen for you, you know. My teacher said, if you can imagine yourself doing something else in life, then you should go do that. You know, singing is only going to, the only chance it has is if it has to happen. No plan B. We were talking about no plan B recently. A bunch of, a bunch of singers were together and, and we were talking with one of their kids and, and uh, you know, we were like, look, plan B distracts from plan A. Fuck plan B. <laughs> It'll never happen. Whatever your big dream is, it will never happen if you have something to fall back on. And so... This is a monstrous gamble, monstrous, and uh, I, I, I would be hard pressed to tell a singer to go into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt to try to make this work. I really would. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know that I could, I could say that to somebody and sleep well at night. And to that end, it's easy to see um, that it sort of has to change because the training that we did. The training that we did for the big opera house, for the grand opera, for the big noise coming out of a human, uh, that was awfully specific to what we knew was at least waiting for us when we were done. And the problem, not the problem, but what we see now is a lot more crossover happening uh, in our opera houses where opera productions are being cut for musical theater. And um, musical theater has its place, but that's not what we invested our time and money into. And so the opportunities, the opportunities to sing are becoming uh, far fewer and um, also a scary proposition, you know, also a scary thing that, that just on a whole, you know, if 10 years ago we did 70 opera performances um, at the Lyric, well, this year we're doing 30. And so in 10 years, you can see that this was cut in half. There's 30 less performances of grand opera on the stage of the Lyric Opera Chicago. And that happened in a decade. Um, what will that look like 10 years from now? I, I have no idea. I'm scared. I'm, <laughs> I'm scared to think about it. Uh, but but um, what, I have, what I have learned in this business is that they don't add performances. They never go back. Once they sort of cut, they never go back. And cutting productions is just as scary and, and like I said, musical theater has its place, and there seems to be endless theaters in this town that put it on. Uh, I'm not sure why we have to do it other than we need to make money. I guess we're, I guess we're for profit. I always thought we were non-for-profit, but, I, but um, I'm not sure how f 
music theater falls into our, our mission statement. But again, I'm not in charge. I'm not in charge. I'm just the entertainer. Um, but what I can tell young singers out there now is that if you think you're going to be a professional singer and not work in Europe, you have lost your brain. There's no chance. There's no chance that you can make a living doing this um, as your sole job only working in America. It, it, you could do it only working in New York, but that's very few singers only work in New York. They, they have their, their plan artists and the weekly artists that are there most of the year, and they can make their living doing that. But um, it, it, you're, resign yourself to the idea that you're going to be in Europe because when I see 13 Don Giovanni performances sold out with no, with no great big star in the show, mind you, now it was a it was a phenomenally talented cast, but no like shocking name, uh, and it was completely sold out, just completely sold out. Um, the audiences there appreciate it differently than they do here, and and uh, I'm I'm uh, it's not that I'm saddened. I'm just my eyes are open to the realities of it. Get used to it. Learn to speak German. <laughs> It sounds like I'm a, I'm a bummer today. I'm really not. I'm 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 pumped for the show. I'm pumped to bring uh, Grand Opera back to Chicago with with my with my uh, great colleagues, uh, Tammy Wilson and Russell Thomas and Quinn Kelsey and, and Enrique Mazzola and Louisa Miller. We've been directed by Louisa Miller, a a, a fantastic young um, director who's who has uh, uh, put life into this thing um, in a very fresh way without without getting in the way of uh, the story or the performance. This is, this is a, a fully well-executed production, and I'm, I'm excited to do it. That's enough. <sighs> I love you for listening. Episode who knows. I'll see you next week. Everybody have a good weekend, and uh, be well. Take care. Thanks. Bye. I can't escape it. Never gonna make it out of is fine I'm not there quite yet my thoughts such a So what they find
escape so many times.